The following presentation has been prepared by the Video Tax News team for Canadian tax and financial professionals. Program recorded April 17, 2019. Enjoy. Welcome to the May edition of Life in the Tax Lane. Hugh, Joe, how you doing? Still recuperating from the April personal <laughs> tax terms, but thanks. It's the April recovery, but Joe, now we get to dig out and say, what's been going on while we've had our heads down? Yeah. Because the world keeps turning. Believe and, uh, it or not. Kate CRA is starting new projects. Yeah, we have a new one popping up with respect to Bitcoin cryptocurrency related activity. Mm -hmm. As part of this project, those that are involved in this type of investment activity uh, are getting a pretty comprehensive and detailed questionnaire asking tons of questions about what they're doing, various questions about, you know, things they may have done to try and hide their privacy, those type of issues. So heads up there. This is not a new department at the CRA that's dealing with this. In fact, in 2017, uh, the CRA uh, opened a new dedicated cryptocurrency unit. So they have a couple years uh, in fine-tuning their skills. And this is an area that's going to get more and more traction as we move along. Now, I think part of this, too, is just recently CRA did release uh, guidance. Any thoughts on oh, that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you did get one of these questionnaires or no questionnaire yet but you are involved in this industry definitely take a look at the CRA webpage where they do talk about you know maybe those who are mining crypto or mining bitcoins are you carrying on a business those amounts would be taxable or are you just carrying on a hobby what if you're buying and selling these cryptocurrencies are those gains or losses on account of income or capital when do you cross that line just a couple examples of some issues that CRA is addressing uh, pretty head-on in this or on this web page. Nope. Kate, I find it handy to have those when we get those questionnaires. Here's mm. what CRA thinks. How do I fill in with what CRA thinks? And maybe even refer to the website yeah. saying, I did it like this. That's what you guys say to do. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Uh, the next item is another project, actually. In the 2012-13 year, there was a focus on pharmacies and pharmacists. Basically, when generic drugs were sold, rebates were received. Now, the question is, were those rebates properly included in income for the pharmacy or the pharmacist? So that's what the project was looking at. Well, we finally have a tax court case where they dug into the details. Now, what had happened? First of all, a letter went out in 2015 to the pharmacy, basically saying, we know these incentives were paid out, where should they be? This is your time to fix things. So what they did was the pharmacist individually, the owner, included those amounts on their personal tax return. CRA said thank you, they reassessed their personal return, but they did them one extra favor. They increased the income that their corporation received by that same amount, so double inclusion. Now, the question is, why would they even do that, or what was the argument? Well, CRA's position was that those incentive payments were paid because of corporate purchases. The amounts were calculated based on those corporate purchase amounts, so that truly was corporate income. And it was just the shareholder who appropriated those funds, those assets, those gifts for their own personal use. So now we have a shareholder benefit. So that was the original position. So Hugh, what happened next? No, Joe, I found the case itself, the judge's analysis, pretty interesting. Yeah. I wasn't surprised when the judge said exactly what CRA said about the corporation. Mm -hmm. This was corporate business activity. It's their income. Okay, that's pretty easy. But the taxpayer must have really impressed the judge because the judge also said, but I believe these guys that they didn't pull the money out. So there's no personal benefit. So you get the opposite result. 
that you tried to give to CRA. We're going to put it on your corporate return, but you don't have to pay tax on it personally. Yeah. But, you know, the other piece of the puzzle, Joe, as you mentioned, this didn't start until 2012, 2013. CRA started looking. Mm -hmm. They got their letter in 2015, but they were looking back to what, 2010, 2011. Normally we feel we're pretty safe after three years. This yeah. is eight years later. So anyways, uh, we're watching out for that. Yeah. And at the end of the day, yes, it was a, a corporate income inclusion. Yeah. And this was a project from many, many years ago. However, more recently, CRA has come out and said, we are focusing on these incentive payments that various organizations or individuals will get. Uh, so I would anticipate other projects kind of in this uh, ilk to be coming out in the future. Yeah, that's right. For example, uh, op optometrists and rebates yeah. from glasses sales, yeah. things like that yeah. we're seeing. All right, let's move on to the next topic. Well, Joe, both uh, they and uh, some of the people involved in the pharmacy rebates may be wondering, wait a minute, how come they were able to go back that far? Mm -hmm. Normally, you assess my individual return, my private corporation return, the clock's running, you got three years, then we're closed. Yeah. But we're not really closed because the legislation provides very specific exceptions in some cases. But the one they took on our pharmacist was, well, there's a misrepresentation on your return. You left income off. That was attributable to neglect or carelessness. You should have known when you received this that it was income in some form or another, mm -hmm. which obviously the judge agreed with. Normally, we see CRA making that argument. But we had a court case not that long ago that went the other way. The taxpayer said, well, we were careless and negligent too. And guess what? Sometimes your mistake is not in the crown's, in my favor. It was in the crown's favor. Please open my return back up and let me fix it. CRA said, our hands are tied. You're past the deadline. We can't even consider your request. Well, the federal court said, CRA, you have way more power than you think. <laughs> if they were careless or negligent, you have the ability to reopen that return. You don't have to do it. You've got to make the judgment of whether they were careless or neglectful and whether the correction they propose is accurate. But I have to admit, I never thought I'd see a taxpayer going to court to argue that they were careless and neglectful, and as a result, there are misrepresentations on their return. Please reopen them. Yeah. Whether they will reopen it or not, well, we may see them back in court if CRA says no. But at least there's a chance. Yeah, this is a crazy one. How much did they over-report in those years? I'm not sure how big their income was, but i got to think that if I over-reported $9 million a year for seven years, I would notice that. Yeah. But I guess that probably supports a little carelessness if you kind of <laughs> overlook that few million bucks a year. Yeah, you got to also think, too, if you're arguing that you're negligent, how hard is it for Siri to say, well, actually, you were grossly negligent, oh, so here are some gross negligence charges. Or maybe, you know what, not just those seven years are open, maybe the last yeah, Where 20. else were you, Karen? That's right. What else in the return is opened up? All right. So let's at the same time, Joe, if I'm looking at a situation where CRA says, yeah. gee, I'd really like to because I mm -hmm. feel for you, but we don't have the power, yes, you yeah. do. I yeah. like it. Congratulations. Data breaches. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, we're seeing more and more data breaches out there, and it's hard to keep track of whether your information may or may not have been compromised. So there's actually a website online that keeps a database of all of the publicly available information coming from various data breaches. And what it allows you to do is to pop your email into their search engine, and then it will notify you if that email is associated with breached information from one of the hacks that have happened 
happened over the past few years. So it's pretty interesting you go on there and see if, if you have an issue to address or not. Yeah. Well, let's well Kate, on. I got to say, I punched in my email address. Yes. And it said, all's right with the world. And I punched <laughs> in a second one, and I still got the green light, and I thought, does it actually do anything? But Joe and I had both received a fishy-looking email from a contact recently. Mm -hmm. So I put his email in. That one came up with compromises, so it does uh, yeah. track things. Yeah. All right, so the next item to talk about is taxpayer relief financial hardship. You know, so if, uh, if, if you're not able to, uh, to pay your tax bill or you want relief for penalties and interest, there is the ability to ask for it. Um, there are a number of reasons why CRA may give it to you. Perhaps there was an error or delay because of CRA. Maybe there was a sickness, illness. But one of the other criteria is, was there uh, a financial issue? Was there financial hardship? And if so, then yes, they can give you relief there. Well, we see a recent case whereby there was a, an individual who was conducting a business and there was actually a criminal investigation associated with this. Um, the, the charges were en ended up being dropped, but it did lead to an audit. So that's why he had a bunch of income, interest, and, and penalties that he wanted relieved. Um, the question is, can you get financial hardship relief? And the thing that we've got in this case is it is very specific criteria. Yeah. If we're talking about an individual, you've got to show that there is a prolonged inability to provide the basic necessities of life, you know, if you were to pay off those bills. So that is a very tough yeah. test to meet. It can't be that your income went from 100 grand to 50 grand. It's more like 30 to 10. I, mean, Go ahead. I would say when I look at that, when I'm looking at whether you are have dif having difficulty putting food on the table, sure. not whether or not you get to eat caviar every night at, at dinner or not. From a corporate perspective, too, the test is more along the lines of will it affect the continuity, continuity of your operation? So will it affect your ability to pay taxes in the future, keep your people employed? How will it affect yeah. the community? If you can demonstrate that, you got a shot. But again, that is a tough sell as well. Anything else you want to mention on this? Well, Joe, I've got to figure that it's going to be hard to sell financial hardship when your request shows up on the letterhead of a really expensive professional firm. Yeah. Uh, well, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you very much, and we wish you an absolutely excellent rest of the month. The Video Tax News team has been providing Canadian professionals with practical tax information for over 30 years. Subscribe to one of our tax newsletters or join us as we present live and online seminars relating to both personal and corporate tax. For more details, visit www.videotax.com. That's V-I-D-E-O-T-A-X.com. The preceding information is for general informational purposes only and deals with dynamic, time-sensitive, and complex matters that may not apply to particular facts and circumstances. Information provided should not be relied upon as a substitute for specialized professional advice in connection with any particular matter. For more details, see videotax.com slash disclaimer. Copyright Video Tax News, Inc. 2019. All rights reserved.